right. Welcome back to Rebelance Radio, the video podcast for the Rebelance NFT, where we showcase our journey as uh, NFT creators from the beginning all the way up to hopefully, you know, minting out 10,000 NFTs one day and beyond. So I'm joined today, as always, with my uh, co-host, co-pilot, co-founder, Miguel. Miguel, how are you? I'm good. How are you? How's everything? Good. What did, what did you think of that new <clears throat> intro video? Was that I, one minute too long? <laughs> it was a little. It was a little too long. So so why don't you tell me what happened? All right, I will peel it back to thirty seconds. But the the one we had before was just the default with Streamyard, which is our streaming service. And um, I just thought I wanted something a little more branded for us. So I was looking on YouTube for how to make your own countdown timer on Canva because I wanted it to be a little more either on color or something. And so I found a tutorial and for whatever reason, I was convinced we were using a one minute timer before and it wasn't until I assembled the text and the video and the song that I realized it was probably too long. So um, maybe we'll fix it by next week. Um, I don't know, we have uh, three people watching. Let us know if you thought one minute was too long for the intro video. Do that because um, when we stream live, we're streaming to multiple platforms. They don't all go live at the same time. So it allows people to one, get a notification that we are live and then make sure that we're not cutting off the beginning of the show if um, uh, you know Twitter or YouTube starts at a different time. So let us know your thoughts, comment, and uh, we are happy to answer any questions. Uh, Miguel, I'm also working with a new camera angle here. What do you think? How's this working? It looks, it looks the same. Is it showing off all my chins and my nose? It's the, it's not the same. <laughs> I, I moved it. <laughs> my <laughs> it wife kept telling me that I was looking down at the at the screen, so I moved the camera to the side. We'll see what everyone says. <laughs> all three. It looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. Um, all right, what's going on with you? What where are we at with the project? What's what's happening? Um, so we were in life uh, with minting. Um, we had a few mints done. Um, <clears throat> we actually actually ran into snag with um, Bueno, <laughs> as much as I love them. Um, yeah. But I, I so so I thought that once we went to public mint, that it all the artwork would show up on OpenSea, but it doesn't. Right. So you have to mint on our website, and then it's kind of a surprise the one that you get. I mean, it's random generated. So, um, yeah. but then I found out you can airdrop to yourself and then put it on OpenSea for sale. So that's what I did. So I airdrop 150 of them so far. So people get a feel for the artwork and what, you know, the ants look like, et cetera. Um, so they're in OpenSea right now. So some people can buy it for the 0.05 ETH. Yeah, some really nice... Um, some nice artwork there, of course, which you made, but it looks cool when you're on open scene, you're just kind of scrolling through the list of the rebel ants. So, um, I see, I see the concern. It'd be great if all 10,000 were there, right? So people could see the whole collection, but if it hasn't been minted or actually created onto the blockchain in that sense, then I can see how it doesn't show up yet. Although some other projects have done it that way. So I don't know. I don't know what we would do differently next time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, it kind of is like a, I, I guess it's a good thing to kind of randomly, uh, you know, have the people minted and then randomly get an ant that they don't know what it could possibly be. And then they can put it for sale on OpenSea or trade it or whatever they want to do with it. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> after much thinking, I think it was a good idea, actually. I, I, I enjoy the, myster uh, the mystery part of it that you don't know what you're going to get, kind of like rolling on it. I'm trying to think back to NFTs that I've minted. 
Um, the I hold a project called Calavaria, um, which is not financial advice. Okay, this is not financial advice. But I think that was one that I minted on the website and I didn't know which one I was getting versus some of the other ones that I hold like Roboto's. I found the one on the OpenSea marketplace that I wanted to buy that, you know, was within yeah. my price. So um, I guess I've had both experiences. Have you minted any directly during the minting process from any of the collections you hold? I have. I have minted from some websites. Um, you know, so, some uh, some of them are not great and some of them are great. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Nubin Gear um, saying that he likes the surprise. So that's, he likes that's the good. Surprise. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get, right? It also makes it more fun because you could get a really rare one, right? You don't know which one. It's kind of an equal opportunity for everyone to get a rare or the yeah. rarest one versus when you're on OpenSea, you kind of know what, what you're going to get from that regard. So, so let me tell you, the uh, the ants with the army helmet, that's only 51 of those. So if you get one of those, extremely rare. 51 out of 10,000. I don't know what that percentage is, but it's pretty low. So that sounds pretty good. It's really low. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the other traits that uh, people should be looking out for? Is there a background that's more rare than others? There's a couple of Easter eggs inside the ants. Uh, if you look at their tattoos or if you look at their earrings, some of them have little Easter eggs if you zoom all the way in. Like, I know we have the Doge earring. Uh, yeah. I don't want to really, really say too, too much, but uh, there's a couple of Easter eggs in there. You know, I'm hoping that some people find it and kind of show it to us on like either, um, you know, Insta or any of the socials or, or wherever. You know, I think it will yeah. be a cool, cool thing for them to showcase. Yeah, I'm excited to see people reveal their own ants, you know, outside of what's on the market already. And you had also went through the process of airdropping an extra ant to everyone who minted early, right? So can you tell me what that process was? Yeah, we did it through Bueno. Uh, you, you can't really be mad at Bueno now. You know what I mean? So it's like, so uh, we, we did the list through Bueno. We did the airdrop through Bueno. It was pretty easy because you were able to print out the list of everybody who minted during pre-sale. Um, yeah. And then it gives you the wallet numbers there. So all you got to do is just input it and airdrop it. Um, that's why I was able to do it so fast, but it, it was a, an easy, an easy task to do. Right. So now we're working on the gift boxes. So I think you're working on something for the website so that people are able to give us their information so that they can trust us, um, so that we can send out this gift boxes. Um, and I think we'll have some success with that actually, because it looks good. What you did looks really good. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to share the link out with that. It, I was thinking back to how many people signed up for the whitelist versus how many people actually minted. And it's it's obviously not the same number, right? So I wonder how we can still reach out to those people to say, hey, you can you can um you can still get a free mint. You can still get a free ant, right? You're not gonna get the sale price anymore because you waited too long. But if you were on the whitelist and then you mint, you can let us know and we can verify and then still give you the the box. We can still give you the um the extra ants but you're not going to get the sale price anymore because that's just closed up right yeah it's closed up i closed it all out so uh too bad if you didn't go on pre-sale <laughs> yeah so i guess you know if you're watching and you did sign up for the whitelist but you didn't mint yet go do it and shoot us a message and we can verify all that but you know we want to give you uh, an extra ant for your early support and we want to give you a, a, a sweet gift box in real life to get mailed to you so yeah, I was building out the form on our website, which is hosted on Webflow. So 
I made the site. It's all ready. It's mobile responsive. It's just a form to collect the info. And then I was thinking back about how Bueno uses forms, but I don't think you can embed that form into the website. It's just a separate website, which I didn't really want to do because I want us to control the messaging on the website at least and, and have more direct um, access to the information that goes in. So, you know, we'll see. And again, I think as you know, there's a portion of people who signed up for the whitelist that minted, and then there'll be a portion of the people who minted that even fill out the form and, and get the the gift box. So we'll we'll do our best to just keep pushing. And maybe it looks like spamming every time we're posting, but really we just want to give people what uh, we promised we would give them, right? This is part of our roadmap and a way to say thank you to our, our early supporters. Yeah. And, and the gift box has some really cool stuff. So I can't wait for some people to share what they get. Do I get a gift box? Will I get one because I minted? No. It's messed up. I'm going to yeah, of course you, Of course you're going to get a gift box. <laughs> good, good, good. All right. So let's um, let's go back in time. A week ago, we interviewed Gavin from Average Bob. Um, I like him a lot. I think I could be friends with him in real life. But what, what were your takeaways yeah, from the episode? Uh, whether from a production standpoint of having him as a guest, as our first guest, or the content that we covered, or the pace? What are some of your thoughts? I, I thought that Gavin was really good. Um, I think that his project, it's very promising. Him and, and his co-pilot, Dylan. So we got to mention Dylan on this because that's his co-pilot. Yes. You know what that's I mean? So um, I, I think Gavin is, is such a cool dude. I mean, again, it's like us. We're it's just two, two dudes trying to do something in the NFT world, right? So I was really surprised by everything that he said. He has some cool ideas that I am really looking forward to seeing. Um, you know, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him progress on, on this his project and just seeing what happens. But I think that um, he, he's definitely uh, will be successful in his NFT project for sure. Yeah, I'm a little jealous of their Discord, right? Not that yeah. I spend a whole lot of time in ours as, as much as I wish I did or could, but they obviously have a very engaged Discord. And that's really cool because that community is really the foundation, I think, for any successful NFT project. So I think yeah. we'll get there, but it's it's nice to have that as a little benchmark, right? We're not going to get to the hundred plus thousand Discord um, anytime soon, but it's nice to know that there's an active one with a small group who support the the project that they're involved in there. So I hope that can kind of be a next step for us to get to. Yeah, man, I, I wish him nothing but success, and hopefully we we go along for the ride with him and see what happens as, as he grows. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had mentioned another project that he was uh, connected with, Pixel Cans, right? Yeah. So I reached out to uh, the guy who started Pixel Cans. I, I think we will have him as a guest at some point. Um, we just got to kind of work out the schematics of when and the dates. So I, I think his project seems really cool, too. I can't wait to like listen to him and see uh, you know, what was the background of, of his ideas. Yeah, I think... He uh, going back to Dylan and Gavin, you know, I think they thought highly of us as well, right? Or, you know, mutual respect. And like you shared with me, they were they were speaking highly of us in public uh, throughout the last week, right? In Twitter spaces or just posting in Discord or on Twitter. So I think that's a really good method for us to continue to grow our exposure, you know, teaming up with other projects and letting them showcase themselves, right? That's what we've always said we're about is supporting the small guy. But giving them that platform, it really lives up to that. But it's also a win-win for us because it it helps them, but it also helps us get exposure and lets their audience know about us. So as yeah, as sure. um as I'm interacting with anyone online now, I'm thinking, oh, does this could this be a good fit for them to to be on on our podcast or or on our show? So 
Um, I had, you know, I'd let you know of an exchange I had with a host of another podcast, another NFT podcast called the Future of NFT podcast hosted by this guy, Jared. And I've been listening to him for a while, but he's really just a solo guy and he has guests on um, every now and then. But there are certain episodes he'll just he'll just rant uh, by himself, which I think is a really cool ability. I don't know that I could do that. I've never had to do that, you know, just speak for 30 minutes off the cuff. He's he's sort of vulgar. He drops a lot of F-bombs. So I like that. You know, it feels very authentic and genuine. That's and that's him. And that's cool. Um, and he's very much up to date on the news of things happening, very opinionated. And I thought he could be a good fit for our show as well. His, you know, his Twitter profile has, you know, somewhere between one and 2000 followers. So he's not gigantic, but he's he's probably earned that very organically just through consistency. He's put out a lot of episodes over the last year and a half. And yeah, he said he was into coming on the show. So we're just working on a date for him. Yeah, I listened. Once you mentioned him, I remember listening to his podcast. I actually signed up for it and I thought it was pretty cool. So now my right in the mornings, that's that's who I listen to. It kind of pumps me up to 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 go to work. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy listening to him. He's got a nice take on things. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully we can get him on the pod soon. And uh, I think just keeping an eye out for anyone else that might be a good fit for us and kind of shooting our shot on Twitter and saying, hey, would you want to be a guest, right? I think you reached out to Elon. Yeah. Maybe that didn't work out so well, right? Maybe, maybe he's a he little didn't bit... answer yet. <laughs> he didn't answer yet, but he will, right? Not yet. He will at some point. <laughs> yeah. But um, a couple of people have reached out to us, uh, you know, through the DMs. So I, we definitely have some some people there that we need to look at and look at their projects and see if it's feasible for us to put them in our show. So I think it'll be a good, a, a good, good, good thing for us to do in the future with these people. Yeah, this artist. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to showcase some other people, meet some other people, and just kind of keep keep our show going as well, right? This was week five, uh, five in a row for us, which I think is pretty good, right? Uh, we're getting some momentum, yeah. even if no one's watching. We're getting our own momentum, and we're we're falling into a groove with each other in the process. So uh, I'm excited to to keep on going. Yeah. By the way, I'm working on some 3D art with the ants. Oh, I don't yeah. want to give out too much. Yeah, but. Uh... That's that's long, long in the distant. I mean, with uh, in my head, I'm in like V6 already. So V6. I think we only put V3 on the uh, on the roadmap. <laughs> I know, but you know, what's it's just an artist's mind? What do you? What are we gonna do with the ants? You can't tell me the 3D. I ants? don't want to tell you yet. No. All right. Okay. Keep it a surprise. By, by the way, did you see the uh, pudgy penguins video? No. Today. What is it? Was it today or yesterday? It might have been yesterday. So they they put out like this. They they have a partnership with with like some company or something. So they put out this three D animation, um, which is on their Twitter, but it's really cool. Oh yeah, it oh. looks pretty. Yeah, it looks pretty promising. I will check it out, and if anyone is watching, has seen the video, comment. Let us know what your thoughts are on it. Maybe it's a good, you know, again, inspiration for us and benchmark for us. Pudgy Penguins is obviously very successful. Wouldn't mind being their size. Maybe not, I think, with their corporate affiliations, but we'll we'll get there one day. Yeah. Are you a are you a pudgy penguin holder? <clears throat> I don't have a pudgy penguin actually. No. All right. I, I, I thought about getting one and then when when the whole ordeal happened with their creators and stuff, like I yeah. just got turned off. Yeah. I get that. Um, let's switch over to Humankind because Humankind is the project from Pablo Stanley, who's the guy behind Bueno, the guy behind um, Roboto's. So did you mint a Humankind lunchbox this week? I did not do the lunchbox. You didn't do the lunchbox. I, 
I didn't because when you told me about it, I couldn't. I, first of all, I was super busy and I just I couldn't get the uh, the the first one that I bought from Nifty out. Yeah. Until you told me how to do it, um, which I still haven't done yet. So. <laughs> you know, you're the one who told me don't leave your things on on these on these marketplaces that you don't control. If it's on Nifty, if if Nifty goes under right now, you're gonna lose your avocado. I'm gonna blame you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the the minting went live for humankind this week and they did it in stages. First it was pre-sale to anyone who had some of the existing projects already. And then it went public. I think they sold 8,000 something lunch boxes and the lunch box mm -hmm. will eventually be used to burn into a character from the kind world or whatever the kind land is. I think it's kind land. And yeah, I think I, I minted three, two for 0.05 and then one for 0.09. And now the floor is sitting at 0 0.15, 0 0.16. So I sold one back for pretty much the same price I paid for it. I might sell another one just to cover the cost of the other two and then just uh, burn the last one that I'm holding on to when it's time to uh, grab a, a humankind character. But it, yeah, it's supposed it was, to turn into a humankind character, right? Yes. So you can keep a lunchbox forever. It just won't do anything on its own. It's really just meant to, to burn. It's kind of like a token to burn into the character. I don't think it has any impact on the rarity or the traits that you're going to get. Just that's what it's there for. Maybe just hmm. a way to make money. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. it's it's a really cool story that he's got going on there. When you go to the mint page, there's an experience behind it first. There's some video, there's some music, there's a storyline. It's a really nice way to, to go through the minting process. And it was pretty flawless for when it went live. And yeah, just in the Discord for Bueno and Humankind, it was very well received. So take a look if you can. I don't know. This is not financial advice, okay? Um, yeah, it is pretty cool. I actually did see the beginning part of it. Yeah. Good. What uh, what else is in the news catching your eye? Oh, Jesus. There's a lot that happened in the last two weeks. Uh, FTX, uh, Yuga Labs, Meta. Ah, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are still talking about FTX, at least the fallout of it right now. The, yeah. the coverage of what happened is probably beaten to death right now, but it's interesting to still see the fallout of it, right? I think, you know, top of mind is just the credibility of crypto moving forward. And, you know, there are banks that have failed before. It doesn't mean people don't trust cash or credit in the past. And so this is just another another setback for crypto, but it doesn't, I don't think it changes the direction. If you fast forward 10 years, I don't think this will have had much of an impact. And so, you know, I think you and I are both crypto maxis just kind of saying in general, crypto is going to going to win out right crypto is not going anywhere yeah i think eventually it's just it's going to take over i mean i don't, I don't think I, obviously the ftx thing did with everything else that's going on the economy etc you know obviously did plunge it down and it makes it's making it look bad but you know at the end of the day how many banks and stuff have gone down for trillions of dollars like exactly that's one of the things that i was listening to on the news too at some point is you know there was this guy talking about how the, the the focus right now it's obviously crypto but how many banks have gone down for way more money than exactly than what we're talking about for FTX I mean I do feel bad for like for like Tom Brady and Steph Curry all these guys that put it into FTX but those guys still have a lot of money so they'll be fine they will be fine yeah and I think what's interesting is that the price of crypto wasn't really rocked because of this right it was already it's already around where it was at and then this news yeah it didn't really drop it right it's not like everyone sold off 
it's not like Bitcoin went under 16,000 or anything like that. And ETH has been hovering somewhere around 12 to 16, right? So I don't think yeah. that this was a major impact to the price, which kind of shows me that that people have some diamond hands and they're not afraid to hold on to it or, or go through this. One of the interesting fallouts I thought from the FTX situation was the the partnership they had with Coachella, the music festival. Uh, last uh -huh. year, Coachella had allowed 10 lifetime mint passes. So people paid a lot of money for these lifetime passes. So you can go to all future Coachella events, but those NFTs were locked on NF, uh, sorry, on FTX's uh, site. And so when the site collapsed and people couldn't withdraw anymore, people can't get those, those uh, lifetime passes from Coachella. So you might've paid a lot of money and Coachella might've had this process set up, but now you're, you're locked out of it and it probably won't be easy for them to either get access back or verify who's holding that information at this time. Wow. What that tells me is maybe companies like Coachella or other organizations who want to get in the NFT game aren't aren't really ready yet to, to take all the, the burden of doing the work and keeping things secure for themselves, right? If you're a big company yeah. and now you're just trusting FTX with your NFT or with your asset, and then that company goes under, now your reputation is, is impacted by that. So I think it's a good yeah. learning lesson that... If you want to get in the NFT game, that's good, but you know, do it cautiously with, uh, with a couple of backup plans in place. In place. I think the problem was that FTX was being, he, they were work. SBF was working with like regulators and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, those big companies out there kind of trusted him, I guess, yeah. or trusted the company. So, yeah, didn't do their research. <laughs> that's right. Do do your damn research. Um, do your research. That's, you know, that's one of the reasons that I started believing in Coinbase, right? Right at the beginning when Coinbase came out, I was, I was a holder within Coinbase since I think 2012, right? Not, not that long after they, I think they started in 2011, but they seemed like the most legitimate. There was an easy way for me to have reoccurring credit card payments to get Bitcoin, right? And at that time I was buying mm -hmm. Bitcoin for under a hundred dollars. So that was a, that was a sweet deal back then, but they seemed legitimate. They were the most legitimate and they were the most forward facing. So that that was enough for me. And I even bought stock from Coinbase when they launched. Granted, it's way, way down right now. And I've lost a lot of money off of that. But I'm just going to keep holding because, again, I, I have faith in crypto in general. Again, this is not financial advice. But, you know, that appearance of legitimacy goes a long way. And I think that's what's helped a lot of companies in the crypto space be legitimate. Now, you look at FTX and they had these commercials on the Super Bowl and you had Larry David and, all, like you said, Tom Brady and all these big faces. But that's not where the credibility is to me, right? It's it's what have they done over the long term? So we shall see how this plays out. What what comes next there? Yeah, we got to see what happens now with FTX. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to come back. I, there, some people are hoping it does, but I really doubt that it does. Yeah. Um, what's going on with Yuga Labs? What caught your eye there? Uh, Yuga Labs, uh, Board Ape founders. They proposed an NFT royalty model. Um, I don't really know too much about it yet, but uh, it looks like they're they're trying to propose like some sort of. Uh, I I guess it was because of Open Sea stance right. on, you know, the royalties, etc. So they they kind of proposed uh, the royalties uh, model for Open Sea. So, um, I, I think that was it. I mean, they're they're one of the biggest NFTs in the world. So, or, or if not the biggest NFT in the world. So I think they have some say into it. So. I think that OpenSea should listen to what they say, which I think they did. 
um, if I recall I correctly. Right. I think yep. I think they changed their mind after a couple of days of putting the word out that about the royalties. But um, you know, good thing for for the apes to step up and kind of kind of be on the side of the artist. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's good that they're there, right there. They are the NFT community, and with Board Ape Yacht Club and CryptoPunks and a few other projects, they obviously represent a large portion of the more vocal holders of the community. So, you know, as long as you agree with them, it's good to have them on your side, I guess. Yeah, and again, I think those guys from Board Ape—they're they're still two regular guys. You know what I mean? Like that's how they started. It was two guys again, you know, doing their thing, trying to to make their mark on the NFT world and boom, here they are the biggest that's NFT right. in the world. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be you and right. I one day, right? People are going to learn yeah. about the ants and they're going to want in. Now, you know, what's funny about that? The, uh, the Justin Bieber's 1.3 million board ape. Now it's worth $70,000. Yeah. <laughs> that must be a big hit, right? That must not feel yeah. great. I wouldn't I even look at it. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's, I think that's the lesson with crypto, right. Over the past decade is just don't look at it. Right. Just get it and don't look at it. Just, just, trust I don't even it. look at my Bitcoin wallet. I, I don't look don't. at my ripple. Right. That's what I don't look at anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you one thing about now that you mentioned ripple ripple. Yeah. I think once they, once they win this lawsuit next year, I think it'll, it'll substantially be a huge increase on the crypto world. Yeah. I hope so, right? They they gave me that impression of legitimacy also, right? Because they were trying to solve a real problem with the banks. Uh -huh. And they would always give this example that it was faster to fly to Europe from New York and hand over cash as a way to transfer money versus sending it from the bank, which doesn't make sense, right? And they were trying to solve that problem. And it made sense to me. And that's why I was like, yeah, yeah. I could get behind that. And I thought it was the more legitimate one out of all the all the altcoins. So I, I backed that. Again, this is not financial advice. But yeah, now they've been in the standstill and they missed the last big wave of crypto price increases going back to 2020 because of the lawsuit with the SEC, I think it is. And so yeah. we'll just kind of wait this out and hopefully good news for everyone. And again, if it betters society to have a better banking infrastructure, whereas they're already active in other countries, other parts of the world, it's just here, they're at a standstill and Coinbase is still not, um, not letting you trade their coin. My prediction for crypto is that once uh, Ripple wins that lawsuit, it'll skyrocket. So, yeah, right. That'll that'll reinforce the legitimacy of crypto and Ripple, yeah. especially, which will be great, which will be really good. So, um, all right, what's going on with uh, Meta and Facebook? Uh, they laid off thirteen percent of its eighty-seven thousand workforce, or something like that. It's yeah. just. Uh, you know, a lot of companies are starting to lay off a whole bunch of people, including like Twitter and, you know, Meta and like all those huge companies. But um, I think that it's for the for the better for those companies, because, um, you know, it's kind of sad that people are losing their jobs, et cetera. But when you go to these big, big tech companies, those those guys, they're, they're, they're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. No. I'm probably going to get killed for that, but that's okay. <laughs> not financial advice, not career not advice. Not, not career advice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, of course it's sad to see people lose their job, but when you think about the resources that Facebook has committed or Meta has committed to Metaverse things, I think it was over $10 billion spent since, mm -hmm. since they've gone into the Metaverse. So 
think I think any advancement of the space is good. And maybe they're realizing what does work or what doesn't work and kind of letting it drop off from there. And then there's, you know, people impacted by that, right? They're maybe throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. And if something doesn't stick, then, you know, the people supporting that might have to be reallocated or not employed anymore, which is a sad situation. Yeah, there was, there was this guy uh, ranting on Twitter. It was funny because he was posting pictures of what they do in these tech companies. And you see them walking around with like their lattes and their coffees and like going into like this huge restaurants that they eat for free and yeah. pretty much just talk and do nothing all day. So, yeah, I saw a similar video from someone from Twitter. Uh, it was this, this it was employee funny. there complaining about, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to pay for lunch now and they start their day by, you know, getting some, <laughs> some uh, drinks or smoothies and then they're walking around and they go into like a meditation and then a relaxation room and they need to, you know, Welcome to the real world. Exactly right. It doesn't sound from that person's story like they were getting too much work done at Twitter. So I can understand why somebody might think that they were a little uh, overstaffed in yeah. that area. I like what's happening with Twitter. You do? Why is that? I just, I, I'm an Elon fan. <laughs> Plain yeah, and simple. scary. Yeah. Um, Why is this scary? A lot happening. Well, there's a lot happening behind the scenes of any normal company, right? But as I follow on Twitter and see the stories of uh, people posting that they're leaving the job or they've been fired and they talk about what their title is or what their team was mm -hmm. dealing with security or safety or accessibility or scalability. And then you think, all right, these entire teams are gone. You know, I think that's what people fear is going to be the death of Twitter is that there's no one there to support the systems anymore. And, you know, there were people doing that. And maybe it was, again, overstaffed or not allocated prep, uh, properly, but people were doing that. And to think no one is doing that now is a little worrisome. I think about my job, if you just removed entire groups of operators. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, who's going to do that then, right? So I can see that being a problem for one of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah, I agree. But I also think that there was a lot of sketchy things going on, on in Twitter from people from inside like people yeah. were getting verified for no reason at all. You know, it was just like a, a, a transaction in crypto and hey, you, you're verified today. Yeah, I get that. Um, if you are watching or listening, let us know what your thoughts are about what's happening at Twitter or any other topics we've covered here. Interesting to hear everyone's thoughts on it and uh, would love to yeah. converse with everyone. Um, all right. What else have we got going on? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Actually, yesterday he reinstated uh trump into twitter again Oof. i don't know if you saw that did you yeah, see that i did i'm not looking forward to it it's just a, to me it's regardless of of uh politics it's just a distraction to me to yeah it to is it is any other you know benefits that i get out of twitter which is you know the connections but, within the crypto space the nft space or the yeah. web design no code space so um yeah i have no i have no uh I, i'm in the middle you know what i mean like i don't when it comes to politics, I don't really yeah. go into it. But but it was funny to watch on Twitter, like all the back and forth between people. It's just it's just funny. Yeah, it's a bit of a train wreck, right? So it's hard to steer away. Uh, Elon had put up a poll asking people if they thought he should be reinstated. And there was, I think, 15 or 16 million votes. Who knows how many were bots? And it was pretty close. I think it was like 52 to 48 saying to reinstate him. So yeah, uh, I honestly I think that he was he was trying to do something to like Test the bots out. Ah, uh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he posted the other day just uh, 
two emojis, right? One was a robot and one was a graveyard. So basically saying he's killing all the robots. So that would be nice because, you know, as you and I see from our our Twitter count will go up and down just drastically within a day. And I have a feeling it's not real humans just dropping off for no reason. You know, nah. in both like that. Yeah. So some cool stuff happening with Adidas. Uh, did you see that? I did not Today? tell me. No. So Today. Adidas... Uh, unveil its virtual wearables NFT collection today or yesterday. Mm. Yeah, so it's sports gear. Uh, Giant Adidas has unveiled the limited collection of virtual wearables NFTs. So that'll be something cool to see. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to think about clothing companies getting into it, right? Because, you know, there's different angles you could take, especially with the idea of what an NFT is outside of a profile picture. You can talk about yeah. clothes that if I wear a shirt out to a certain location and it's tracked that way through GPS or whatever it is, you can get some sort of credit, right? Some proof of attendance um, benefits for being a holder of a product and then actually wearing it, right? So let's say I wear a giant shirt to a giant's game. I can now be rewarded for, you know, showing my support in, in one way or another, right? So that's one way that clothing and NFTs can work together with this proof of attendance. And then just getting yeah. to customize your clothes to match your NFTs is another really interesting way as well to kind of showcase what you own, right? To showcase your art that way. Yeah. Um, I think that Adidas is going to do great with that stuff. I mean, they're really venturing into the metaverse, et cetera. So it's yeah. going to be cool to see what happens. I'm, I'm ready to dive into it. Whatever they got, I want to try it on. Hey, I meant to ask you the other day, what do you think about crypto.com? Uh, losing hundreds of ETH. I mean, uh, losing hundreds of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, no, besides that, as a company. Oh, I've never interacted with them. I've never used them uh, as a holder for any of my crypto or purchased or exchanged through them. I don't know why. It's just I never I never had a chance or a need to with them. Have you used crypto.com? I have. Yeah, I have. It's pretty yeah. easy to use. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, look, it's cool that they are major sponsors for sporting events like F1 racing. And you kind of get to see them on stadium names and uh -huh. again, helps build the legitimacy. Not that that says a lot when you think about FTX, but crypto.com has been around for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, that brings me to my next point with crypto.com. Like they're, they're doing, they're kind of following the same suit as FTX, right. With the, with the sponsoring and the stadiums, et cetera. So I'm thinking like, what's, what's going to happen, you know, and, <laughs> Long term, are they going to be okay? I don't right. know now. Right. Growing a little too fast, maybe, right? Trying to trying yeah. to be everywhere instead of maybe focusing on their main business of crypto. More reason for you to get your nano. I know. I got. I was looking at one today on, on Amazon. I got to get my nano. I will Stay get a nano, nano and I will proudly give you all my seed phrases and, you know, just so you know that I did it the right way. <laughs> yeah. Please get a nano. Get your yeah. crypto out of those exchanges. <laughs> Although I, I do like, I, I trust Coinbase. I just, I just do. Well, you know, I used to trust Coinbase, but then they locked my account for for ninety days, and there was which, nothing I could do about it. Right, which so, says they have good security. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'm, I'm probably not the target audience for you know suspicious activity. It's really not me trying to buy my my little NFTs off of of OpenSea and you know convert to Polygon and all that. So I, I, I do like their wallet app. Yes, the wallet app is nice. It's, it's a good app. And uh, again, now that they've added the NFT capabilities in their own marketplace, it's nice uh -huh. to know that they they have faith in that space as well, right? 
Yeah, I just kind of wish they would cater more to like the small artists instead of having this huge showcasings of like Adidas and right. you know uh, whoever else is huge out there in the world. But I, I get it. But at the end of the day, I think that they should cater more to the small artists trying to do the right thing. Because I, I think, again, back to the beginning of our first episode, I, I think that NFTs should be something for for artists, right, to be showcased. I think yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, it's just idea. a matter of scaling, right? Maybe maybe they're starting with the bigger, more legitimate companies that have some history and then they'll scale their product to allow anyone to join on and hopefully they'll start to showcase those those smaller artists as well. Yeah. I mean, if you think of great artists, what what what's the first name that comes up to you into your mind? For NFTs? No, just the oh. great artists in the world before uh. NFTs. <laughs> There was nothing before NFTs, you know, everything that uh, also did was a, a non-fungible art, uh, you know, painting as well. Well, you, I what, know, I, Van what I mean is Van Gogh, but you think about Picasso, like you think about those great artists, right? So imagine if NFT existed in those days, right? So yeah. you think about that, what they went through is what the artists are going through now with NFTs, which I think it's a great platform for those artists, for the small artists. So I think that people like Coinbase and like all this OpenSea and Radable, they should be really showcasing, you know, small artists that are trying to put their artwork out there. I think it's this important. Right. I mean, we've learned so many famous artists today that were actually poor during their life because their art wasn't appreciated in their time. And so this is a Correct. chance to change that, right? And to, to do that differently where people can get the exposure, the recognition and the reward for being good artists. Yeah. By the way, my mom named me after Michelangelo, the painter. Is that true? I don't like know. The Ninja Turtle? No. No. The artist. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Like it's like real. That's good. Um all right. Well, I think that wraps up episode five for us. Again, head over to rebelants.io, mint your rebel ant, let us know, show us on Twitter what ant you got, and we're we're happy to show it off as well to the rest of our community. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel here at Rebel Ants Radio. Follow us on Twitter. And you can also leave us reviews on Apple iTunes or even on Spotify for our video podcast, which you can watch the replay there as well. So thank you again for joining us. Miguel, any parting words? No, don't forget to uh, support uh, also Gavin and his uh, NFT crew over there for Average Bob's NFTs. Um, I think he's a cool dude. I think his project will take off. I think it's 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 worth to check out for anybody listening out there. Absolutely. So in the words of the famous artist, uh, Kawabunga, is that what they said? <laughs> from, our, from person. From, yeah, okay, that's it. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> All right, have a good night and we'll see everyone next week. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.